it's it's you're giving someone a book over the course of a period of time or you're giving somebody a story that you're telling and it's not just the information but it's also getting to know you getting to know the way you like to deliver a message and hopefully reinforcing the value prop that you bring in your business building a successful real estate career requires you to adapt pivot and constantly master new skills We're Katie and Daniel Steinfeld. We've built our own innovative brokerage. And in this podcast, we've assembled actionable tips and strategies that you can implement to take your business to its maximum potential. It's time to level up. Level up. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Level Up. I'm Katie, and I'm here with Daniel. Hello. Hello. And today we are talking about drip campaigns. Do you know what drip campaigns are? I guess that's the first question. I, think, I guess we can get right into the what is a drip campaign. Um, it's not the thing that we dealt with in our kitchen a few weeks ago where the ceiling was caving in and dripping all over us because the bathtub overflowed. That would just yeah. be a drip. That was more than a drip. That was more like a waterfall from the ceiling. But I digress. It's an expensive drip campaign. But it's also an opportunity to renovate a kitchen by force. That is true. Discussion for another day. Anyway, a drip campaign is... What's the best way to put this? It's it's typically a set of emails, and it's a way to communicate with your database in an organized and set period of time and have messaging that is preset and organized so that it reaches people with a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? With a, uh, help me out here. I'm trying to, not, not, not organized. Um, it's a structured, it's a structured approach go. to communication to people where there is uh, a reason that something comes before something else and comes after the next one and sort of helps you guide people through your marketing campaign to them in a way that's automated and put together for them yeah it's a bunch of emails is what it is that are automated yeah and i think the difference between that and just like a blanket mass email is that it provides value to a specific set of individuals in your database and it's just goes back to the importance of keeping conversations going and staying top of mind with your entire database. And as your database grows, it's very hard to have one-on-one conversations with everybody multiple times a year. So this is kind of, I guess, a support system for you as you try to grow your business, but at the same time, continue to stay in contact with everybody in your database. We've talked about workflows before. This is effectively a marketing workflow for your database, a very specific communications workflow that's built for you and built to reach people in in a way that you don't have to be staying on top of minute to minute to minute and trying to figure out who have I contacted and who haven't I because you've set it in motion as an automated system that reaches them. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So we've put this into practice for ourselves. um, And it's, there's so many different ways you can begin to think about how to implement this. There's different options. Um, So we wanted to go through kind of the structure of it and just get you thinking how you can use this for your own business today. 
So hopefully mm. that's helpful. I hope it is. It will be to me. So <laughs> well, I'm if, glad. If, if nothing else, we have each other. That's but great. I think um, to start, we've got to look at how we're implementing this and what sort of scenario leads you to want to do something like this. Mm-hmm. And you, you sort of touched on the way that this is leveraging your database, um, but drip campaigns don't have to live as a mass everybody in your database kind of thing. And in fact, they're more useful, I think we've found when you're able to communicate a specific string of messages to a sub audience or a niche within your database. Right, exactly. And that's where tagging in your database is so important because I would say if you're a new agent starting out and you've got a database, that's great. You might not see uh, an obvious need for this right now. Um, but, but of course, as we said before, if you're growing your, as you grow your database, it will become more apparent the types of people you can reach out to. So in your database, if you are using one, hopefully you are, or your CRM, um, you have the ability with most CRMs to add a tag to those individuals. And you don't have to just use one tag per person. It's pretty much anything you can think of where you can bucket people into different categories. So things like if they're a first-time home buyer, if they're a renter, if they're an investor, if they have a family or kids or pets, um, all of these different things really help you to bring more um, valuable content and as well as valuable touch points to a subset of your database in a more efficient way. Right. I think it was a couple of weeks ago we talked about niching and the importance of niching and all that. This mm-hmm. is you're not going to have a database, whether you're starting or whether you've been in the industry for a while, that is all the same type of people, you know, and you might be trying to niche and this might be a very valuable part of that strategy of being able to identify those people that fall within a certain group. But like you said, there it's, it's very easy and it's an important first step to take a look at everybody you've got and really start bucketing them and tagging them. So identify all the different tags and all the different um, subsets that people could fall into in different areas. So type of buyer or seller, like you said, first time buyer, investor, first time seller, upsizer, downsizer, whatever. Um, But then also there could be demographic tags. There could be locational tags. If you're starting to work on farming or if you're you're going to have a drip campaign for a certain area, it makes obvious sense that you're tagging and only targeting that to the people who fall within that certain area. Um, So before you do anything, organize who you've got and set up a system from which you can organize the people who enter it the same way so that people are immediately being bucketed into places that might not all have a drip campaign. So, I mean, maybe that's a little sub thing. You don't need a separate drip for every tag you have, but this allows you when you put a campaign together to say, who do I want this to go to and quickly filter out those people for whom it falls and that are going to come in later on that can just join right into the drip. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, exactly. So it's just, you're setting yourself up for success. Um, and it doesn't, it goes beyond drip campaigns too. You know, we, we think of maybe gifting throughout the year. Um, we give holiday gifts for families with kids, a gingerbread house or whatever. So if we go into our database and find search by kids, we can look that up really easily. And hopefully we also have their address and everything like that put in the CRM for them. So it's just a matter of, um, you know, printing that out and knowing where you need to go to drop off the gifts. So it, it ex tags extend beyond that. And we've talked about CRMs and the best use of CRMs in previous episodes. So take a listen to those, but this is a very key part of identifying where your opportunities are in terms of creating um, a campaign for those individuals. So the important thing beyond just identifying the audience and how you're bucketing them is what you want to say to them. You want to start developing a content plan and identify not just what the messaging is and not just what's valuable and what isn't, but then piecing together, how does this logically make sense as a journey you're taking somebody through? Because that's really, I think, the value of a good drip campaign is that there is a chronological order that makes sense to it and the way it's delivered. For the most part, I'd say, yeah. And if you're struggling for ideas, if you've created a guide or even like your listing presentation, for example, like how are those sections um, built out and how can you take pieces potentially from those types of resources that you've already created? Like don't recreate the wheel if you've already got a resource that fits well within the the audience that you're looking to build a drip campaign around. So that's a good starting point, I would say, um, in terms of thinking how you want to lay it out and the ideas that you want to put forward. So you get these brainstormed ideas and they can fall into different buckets. I think as you're starting to think them through, you give a good tip there of maybe leveraging resources you already have to give you the ideas and maybe even supplement the content that you're putting out there. Um, and hopefully if you're doing that, it's already going to be in the tone and the brand that you're trying to represent for yourself. Because to me, the drip campaign is, it's kind of, it's its you're giving someone a book over the course of a period of time, or you're giving somebody a story that you're telling. And it's not just the information, but it's also getting to know you, getting to know the way you like to deliver a message, and hopefully reinforcing the value prop that you bring in your business. Right. Whether you're, you know, a, a market knowledge person, whether you're an ear to the ground with the community type person, you know, if there's a fun element to things, if there's a brand element to things might be most of the above or none of the above. But there needs to obviously be consistency to this. And if you're building the campaign all in one, you're able to do that in a way that you can look at as a full campaign and identify if it makes sense if somebody's receiving it over the course of time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So maybe it would be helpful to share an example or a couple of examples of, of how you could lay it out for people. So one that comes top of mind, especially for maybe a newer agent that's in the business for a couple of years, maybe you've been working more so with renters and you're looking to support them in their next step of eventually purchasing a home. Um, so there's a ton of, as we know, of resources out there um, that relate to first-time home buyers, and those are the people that likely need the most support. So, when you're thinking about, okay, what does a first-time home buyer need to know? 
they need to know everything from what's the difference between a deposit and a down payment? How much down payment do I need? What are the re uh, uh, benefits I get as a first time home buyer? Like the, uh, I was, uh, I just forget the name of that. Um, I don't know. It's, the, it's just a very common term. Um, what, like the home buyer plan or or yeah, like those things, like, like RSP contribute, whatever it is. I mean, it could be any of yeah, those, those things, multiple like, first-time home yeah. benefits. Yeah, the benefits. But there's something, uh, I don't know why I can't think of the word. It's not like benefits, but it's like, um, this, not discounts. I don't know. I'm trying to think of something Advantages? Else. I don't know. Anyway, whatever. Moving on. Um, <laughs> so Incentives? those types of things. Incentives. Thank you. That's the word I'm looking for. I hate when I like can't think of a very common word. I'm like, what the hell? Anyway. So all those kinds of things, um, you could easily think of probably 15 to 20 different things. And they don't have to be in-depth. Like, I know incentives, like there's a lot of different incentives. So that would maybe be a bigger email, or maybe you break those down into a few different emails. Or, I mean, first-time homebuyers, like you said, have so many different things they need. It's possible you've got a dozen or more pieces of information you want to send out there, and they could be small snippets of bigger pieces of information. So incentives might, you might give an example of one, but remember drip campaigns are definitely to stay top of mind, but also, which we'll probably talk about later with the ability to have a call to action and to actually get people engaging with you. So if there's five key first-time homebuyer incentives and you might want to say, here's an in-depth version of one, but there's lots more reach out and I'd be happy to share my first time homebuyer incentive guide or whatever, or here's a link to a YouTube video I did on it or whatever. Yeah. It doesn't need to be a novel within the email, or it could be five separate drips, right? Like maybe every couple of weeks they get, here's another incentive. Here's another incentive. Um, so you can get creative with it. And some of that might come from your ability to lay out all the content and ideas you have and see what makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So ideally you want, I, like I would say a minimum of six and at most 20 ideas, and you're going to build that out into a year campaign. Um, so you're touching people at least, you know, every couple of weeks, right? Or not at least. What? creepy you're touching people every couple of weeks going around your neighborhood touching people <laughs> touch, touch don't do touch. that yeah but i mean if it's six obviously it's every second month um and i mean is that enough i mean it's better than most agents probably what they're doing right now but i'd say monthly is kind of your I, i'd say monthly is like what you want to aim for but if you could do it every couple of weeks it's as long as it's valuable information and you're not like spamming them. It, I think it's, I think it's a good idea to have as much as possible. Okay. So let's, let's take that. Like as an example, you don't want to be sending out a drip campaign that just talks about how great you are every month. No, that's not no. a drip campaign. That's no. just, that is spam. That's marketing that spam. spam. And people have, yeah. people have drip campaigns set up to do that. Like yeah. there's, and I, and I don't just mean in real estate, like in every industry you get in your spam folder, in your promotions folder, yeah. weekly, monthly emails from places that are just telling you how amazing they are. Yeah. But those are the ones we don't open, 
right? When something has the ability to get, uh, to catch someone's attention and to provide value, not only is it getting opened, it's giving them reason to look for it next time and to not be kind of, eh, should I, shouldn't I, when the next one from the same person comes. Right, exactly. Like you want people to look forward to what you're sending out to them. Um, and again, if it's in their wheelhouse of information they're, they're looking to know, then that's, that's going to be the best, like that's, that's what, that's what it's all about at the end of the day. So once you've come up with your ideas, you want to map it out. And basically you just want to take a look at, okay, how many do I have all together? And how does it make sense to roll these out? Um, however often you think it's, is appropriate for that subset of people. And so and when you build that out, remember this, what was that? No, I was just going to say, and that can be easily done through your CRM. Like that's something you can set up in most CRM systems. When you're setting this up, remember, this isn't something you're scheduling for yourself every mm -hmm. two weeks to send an email out. This is right. a built scheduled system that anytime somebody enters your database with this particular tag, you start at day one of whatever your system is. So you're not sending out a home buyer's plan email Monday, March 20th to everybody. It's, right. you know, the people who are at that point in the drip are going to get it, right? But if it's the fourth email in your drip campaign, someone who just joined your database today is going to get the first one. So when we talk about a logical order, your first email might be more of a welcome type email, or it might be more of a higher level, like we were talking about, make people comfortable with the emails they're going to get from you sort of an email, right? It could be something that's straight up information because that is the kind of thing people want to see. But understand that everybody who enters your database is entering the ride right at the front. And then they're going to go through it for however long and for however many emails are going to go out there that takes them through the journey at different intervals. So on a given day, you could have 10 different people getting 10 different emails, but that's okay because it's all running in the background. Yeah, exactly. So that takes us nicely into the next step of which is the hardest part um, is actually sitting down and writing out the content because Again, as you said before, you're not just every second week writing up an email and sending it off to your database. Um, and I was going to say maybe that's how you can start, but really, no, you want to make this a project for yourself. You want to take, you know, a few weeks of just setting some time aside. It's really not that hard just because you're not going to be writing paragraphs and paragraphs. Some of these emails will be like maybe a piece of a PDF guide you've already created, maybe like one or two paragraphs, just, to, I mean, ideally it is just one or two paragraphs because people aren't, we, we know how, look, like think about how you are. If you get an email and it's like this long thing, are you going, even if it really connects with what you're looking to do, is it, are you going to read it? Or do you want something in like bite-sized pieces? Well, well th this isn't a newsletter, right? So like, I think when people think about emailing your database or niching or whatever, they're like, okay, I've got to create this big content that everyone's expecting on the first of every month or whatever. This is not that. This is just turnkey, set it and forget it, content snippets that keep you relevant and keep going to a group of people. So it is easy to churn these out. And I use easy loosely. It's not easy to do anything. But when you've got 
the format and you've got the header and the footer and the way it's going to look, in theory, that's going to stay the same. And you can just create a bunch of them with the body of it being different on each one. And I, th and for me, at least when I get in a groove, you know, if you write one and it's there and the format's there and you don't need to open up the computer and sit down and set it up again, just copy, paste, copy, paste a few times with different chunks of the content you laid out for yourself. And before you know it, you've got half or all of your stuff done in a much shorter period of time than telling yourself, I'm going to do one a day. And at the end of two, three weeks, hopefully I have this drip campaign done. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, if you, once, as you said, yeah, once you get into the groove, you're, you can knock a few off, at least a few off um, in a row. So um, just set that side that set that time aside for yourself. Know that this is the most probably challenging part of creating the drip campaign, but know that it's going to benefit you so much because you will have those automated touch points with people that will serve the value and will get you to um, ultimately that the repeat referral business that you're looking to build for yourself. So um, the other things to consider when you are creating these things, in addition to um, like PDF guides, um, like other attachments, maybe, um, maybe as part of your campaign, you send out, um, I don't know, just other other pieces of, of information that you get reports. Um, maybe there's like an annual report that you think is good to draw people's attention to. Um, links to either your website, maybe an uh, Instagram video that you did about this topic. Um, surveys is a great one. Like maybe one of your drip campaign emails can be a survey, like how ready are you to purchase a home? Or, you know, how how prepared do you feel? Like people enjoy kind of like if you make, even if you make it a little bit fun, um, I know you can like, what kind of, what kind of celebrity are you? Like things like that. Like if you can get creative in terms and make it fun for people um, and interactive, you might get some good feedback from people um, through the email process. Um, and then of course, like videos and photos too are good. Sorry. And getting engagement from people builds the database for you too. Like you want yeah. to, like we've talked about before, build their profile. So if there's questions that can help feed into their profile or trigger you that they're responding, you're good to go for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. Um, beyond the content, the subject lines are very important. You want to catch people's eyes with things that are not vanilla and that aren't generic and that give people a reason to open, especially with the first one, right? You want them to be consistent, but you want to grab somebody's eye, you know, here's, you know, the tip first time homebuyers don't want to miss or whatever, yeah. something that's going to get it open. It's clickbaity, but that's the point. You want the clicks. Like clickbait is not a bad thing. You're trying to get people to read it and realize that you provide value. So pay attention, not just to the content, but to the subjects that you put out there as well. Yeah, that's really important. Don't make that kind of like a last minute thing because you have no creativity left. Like give yourself some time to think through. And as you said, like you get lots of drip campaigns already in your inbox. Like check your promotions folder in your email and just kind of go through which, which are the subject lines that catch your attention and which ones will you delete automatically and take some inspiration from that. 
Also, um, you can make use of merge fields in your CRM. So uh, for myself, I find I my attention, uh, I pay more attention to the subject lines where my name is actually in them, even though most of the time they are um, spammy, <laughs> um, but maybe make use of the first name merge field in certain subject lines, not every single one, but um, switch, switch it up and see which goes to our next point of you know tracking and seeing what kind of performance and open rates you get with with all of these emails that's really important if you just yeah. put this out there to put it out there what good is it if you don't know how effective it is what sorts of content are resonating what isn't you can change and adjust and add to and take away from a drip campaign once it's running right so as much as this is designed to leave it and just let it simmer if you can see that certain things get no response or like the tracks end at a certain email you've put out and all this engagement disappears, you need to be aware of that. The same way that if people are responding at mass to something, you need to be aware of the fact that they're going to respond better to that, even when you create future drip campaigns, which is very possible that you'll do for other subsets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's, I think, all we wanted to say about the aspect of building, um, we do have some tips for you, unless there's other things that you want to touch upon on the build stage of the campaign. No, I mean, I, I think it, it is, it's similar to building everything else we talk about, your, your strategy and all that. Break it down into the smallest parts possible and then build it back up from that in a way that makes sense and allows you to deliver the messages in an organized fashion to the right people. Um, and so just some additional things to consider, um, bringing some personality to your messages is really important. And so doing that through video or supporting your content through YouTube videos or things like that um, allows people to put a face to the content that you're putting out there. Um, because I find if it's just a standard text email, a lot of times you just end up um, just not being able to engage with people that well. Like you want people to see your personality and hopefully these are people, I mean, these are likely people you've worked with before, but maybe not. And so you want people to get to know you over the course of a year or whatever it is and, um, and see where it goes from there. In this industry, we're not just a corporate brand. Like we're people who are trying to make a, a position with other people and let them get to know who we are. And the messaging and the delivery of that needs to reflect the person we're trying to let people see. And the next thing you want to consider is how you can create urgency with your emails. And, you know, Daniel mentioned a little while ago just about how, um, you know, click here to get like the full guide or, you know, maybe not even something like that, but just just any way you can um, get people to take interest and take action um, with you. Um, another, another way you could consider is, you know, book, I'm booking up my, I don't know. I, I keep, I think of these things that I'm like, oh, maybe not, maybe that wouldn't work, but like to book a quick call with you to talk about, you know, next steps to buying your home or something like that. I mean, I don't know how you can, that would really be urgent, but just kind of think about maybe ways you can get creative with that. I think just word selection is what it's all about, because especially the thing with a drip campaign is this isn't, again, necessarily a real time thing where the urgency is tied to a point in time. Right. 
So it's not like it it might not make sense to put an email out there that speaks to the market and speaks to like, well, you know, interest rates are blah, blah, blah. So you really need to get it now because this might be a drip campaign email that goes out three months later yeah. or six yeah. months later. Yeah. So it's more about your word selection. I think it's always in these, depending on who you are, generally it's going to be more a soft sell than a hard sell. But the approach that we're taking out there is one of value and one of, I think, creating a mindset in people that you have a lot to offer them that you're not giving them in totality when it comes to the drips that you're giving them. It's a drip. You're not giving them the whole bucket, right? And so this is meant to give them a lot of information, but still be a tease, right? at least in my opinion, like there's people out there who have effective drips who are just giving away the farm because that works. And that does work, right? Ultimately, somebody still needs to hire a realtor to work for them. And all the information in the world isn't going to give them the specific service to them until they pick up the phone and call you. But you want them to read these emails or interact with the content you're putting out there and want more. And often that's not like that itch isn't going to be scratched by waiting a month for another email, right? If the call to action is there and says, you know, there's a lot more where this came from, some version of that, click here and we'll set up a meeting or reach out or follow me or whatever it is. That's all you want people to do is to just mm -hmm. give them the rest of what you didn't give them all of. Yeah. Exactly. And using things like a Calendly or one of those calendar links where you make it as easy as possible for somebody to book a time to, to talk with you, um, I think is really important as well. Because again, if you put it into your own perspective, if I'm trying to book a hair appointment for myself, for example, if I can go online and book it and look at my calendar directly and not have to do like the back and forth between, you know, what their schedule is like, what my schedule is like, um, that's a really effective way to start getting people to reach out and actually book appointments with you um, without causing them any further disruption in their, in their lives. So um, try that out as well. Yeah. And I think if, if we go back to the measurement of stuff too, measuring isn't just about, like we said before, what works, but also what doesn't work. And when you see people are not engaging, when you see people are not opening the emails that's not a reason to say, oh, shit, this drip campaign doesn't work or, oh, they must not like me. It's a reason for you to now say, these are the ones who I'm not touching. And my goal of this was to touch people. So those are the ones you're going to reach out and touch, right? Like those are the ones you want to say, okay, for whatever reason, maybe it's every, it's all getting filtered to their spam and they're not even knowing it's there. That is one thing to keep in mind, like a lot of CRMs, maybe not spam, but they might go to your promote people's promotions folders. So it doesn't hurt if you find certain people aren't opening up the emails to do a reach out and just make sure that they're getting that information. Um, and maybe it's just a matter of clicking and saying it's not spam or whatever, but um, you might have to do a little bit of that with people. Um yeah. And then the other thing is, like we've said it before, but it also goes back to your focus as well. The idea is not to create 10 different drip campaigns for the 10 main tags you have in your database. If investors aren't people that you want to 
work with consistently or, you know, it is not your focus, then, you know, you don't have to worry about that. Like, it's really about what, how do I want to bring value to people? Like, cause it's going to show through in the content that you provide. If it's something that you really enjoy talking to people about, and you really enjoy focusing on, um, it's going to make it so much easier for you to, to put out the content and create these emails. If it's, if it's something you know about, like you're confident about it, you can speak to people about it and, and you want to share the information and hopefully you've built already some collateral around that, that subject so that you can easily take from what you've built before. It's just, it's common sense, but for some reason, nobody does it. Everyone is so fixated on reaching as many people as possible with as widespread a message as possible. It does not work. Okay. You've made a decision by now on where your focus is going to be. If you've been listening to any of our episodes or taking any strategic advice from anybody in this entire profession, you need to be focused. And that's not only going to be the place where you focus all the stuff because that's what you've decided, but it's where you've chosen to become a pro and an expert and the go-to, which means all of your content is repurposable. It means everything that you're doing can be sliced and diced and used in other places. And that makes life easier for you, right? It gets people getting to know you like we said before, as the person and the personality that you want to put out there, but also from a subject matter perspective, you're better off being an expert in a particular area than being just a really good person who looks like they're good at real estate. Mm-hmm. Because there's too many of those, right? And one of the big goals of this also, it's not just about connecting with your database, but part of your call to action might very well be for people to suggest to you or to suggest to their friends and family and whoever that this is something they need to be getting information about as well. Like they need to be connecting and being added to this trip or getting some of the same resources you're putting out there because this is a great engine for referrals as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's, I mean, it's, it's the best way because when you build education, when you share educated educational value it builds trust and people want to share your contact information, your content with other people if they think it's um, it, it's trustworthy information. And that's how you build the trust is through the education you provide to people. So it's like all very cyclical. Um, and so you might not get, I mean, you're not going to get feedback from every email you send out. If you do count your lucky stars, because most people don't you know, email you back every time you send out a a drip campaign email, but it's just the fact that you're consistently showing up for people in a way that is valuable and that builds the trust that is going to build that repeat referral business for you. Like it seems so common sense, but like we always say, nobody's doing this, not consistently. And wherever you are, whatever your market is, it's not an untapped market, but it's a very available market for you to get in there and make a splash and actually do some business because this doesn't happen enough. A drip campaign isn't as simple as just putting ads out there on a schedule, right? If you actually get out there with messaging and value that supports what you do, who you are, that's really all you're trying to do with all of your marketing. And once these things are set in motion, yeah, you can leverage it to get more engagement from people. 
you know, your your last email of the drip could be an email that says, what else would you like to see from me? Or it could be the like final big call to action. Maybe within your drip, every fourth or fifth or sixth email is more of a call to action. You're allowed to slip brand plays in there. You're allowed to slip stuff about your business in there, especially as you've gained that trust. Like Katie said, if you're providing people with information and content and once in a while, once they know they like opening your emails, they see something that says, hey, I do this for a living, by the way, you know, reach out. Like all your emails will probably have a call to action in them somewhere, right? But you can make a harder call to action at some point. And then once it's all over, Give yourself the ability to leverage people's feedback into how you adjust and add to these drip campaigns in the future because they're running. Now you've got time. Once it's running, you're not creating this content all the time. You're doing more things to build your business, which might add to the drip, might create new drips, might be all sorts of other things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So go out and drip some campaigns. Go, go be drippy people. Drippy. (laughs) But yeah, no, seriously, like reach out if you do have any questions about it. Um, I know it's a new concept for a lot of people, but it's kind of a great progression in your career as you begin to to fill up your database and you're looking for ways to continually stay in contact with people at mass, but in a way that's not spammy. That's the key. So this will help you do that. Doesn't that sound great? Sounds great to me. Me too. I'm going to set up a drip campaign to myself that just like sends me like an email every few days with something valuable that I've forgotten to do. Your to-do list. (laughs) Did you do that? We should do drip campaigns for our kids. Every morning they get an email. It's like, did you brush your teeth? Yeah. Every morning. I wonder if that would work. Probably not because they'd read the first one and stop opening the drip. That's an example of you have to be strategic with it. You got to give them like, I don't know, like a YouTube link to some like YouTuber they like on the first one. And then the second time it's a reminder about brushing their teeth. Go back and forth. There you go. Sandwich effect. True. All right. Well, have a good day, everyone. Have a good week and we will see you next week. Later. Bye. Level up, 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 level up,